would please. Yeah. Galatians chapter number six. And let's pray. Father, thank you so much for your blessings to us. Thank you for the new life that we have in Jesus Christ. Thank you, Lord, for the hope. Thank you for the peace. Thank you for the joy. And I pray, Lord, today that you'd help us to rest in Christ, help us to rejoice in Christ, and bless our time in your word, I pray. Thank you for loving us, Lord. We love you. In Christ's precious name we pray. Amen. The Apostle Paul had traveled to many towns and cities, and he had won many souls. He had started many churches. The word came to him that in some of the churches that he had started in the region known as Galatia, that some false teachers had come through to the churches that he had planted and had begun to teach some things that weren't true. Beware of a teacher who's just looking for a captive audience. We've had them, they come through, and they, they want to tell us their weird doctrine, their false doctrine. And uh, Paul had some things to say about folks like that. He said, let them be accursed. And he said, in case you didn't catch it the first time, let me say, read Galatians 1. In case you didn't catch it the first time, let me say it again. Let them be accursed who come through to a place where people have gotten saved and a church has been formed and somebody comes along and finds a captive audience and they want to teach a new set of doctrines. And so these men came through and they wanted to teach a new set of doctrines. And the new set of doctrines was was this. Oh yeah, this stuff about getting saved by grace. It's all good. Yeah, that's, that's fine. But don't forget the things you have to do in order to keep your salvation. And one of the things that they stressed was the sign, the sign that God had given to the Jews through Abraham, the sign of circumcision. And so this question arose that if you've been saved by grace, what if you've been saved by grace through faith in Jesus Christ, and yet because you're not a Jew... Uh, you you never did receive the sign of circumcision, and these false teachers said, "Oh, then then you've got to you've got to be circumcised," and they were preaching this, and they were preaching, "You've got to do certain works in order to sustain your salvation." So Paul writes this letter, and if you read, it is one of the most intense letters of all of Paul's epistles. Paul wrote thirteen. New Testament books that he signed, and I believe he wrote the book of Hebrews, but he didn't sign it, so that's in question in some people's minds. But of all the books that he wrote, Galatians is one of the uh, most contentious books. I guess you could maybe put the book of 1 Corinthians ahead of that as far as uh, dealing with things, but but, uh, Paul doesn't mince any words here in dealing with these false teachers. And he teaches, if you ever want to know, hey, are we saved by grace or by works, just read the book of Galatians, and God settles it real clearly there. But as he closes this letter, he makes this statement. Like one more reminder. To these people who are glorying in their doctrine, this is the sign 
that you are real. Paul says, God forbid that I should glory save in the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ. And you understand that in the older English, that word save means accept. Paul's saying the only thing that I want to glory in is the cross of Jesus Christ. What I simply want to show you in just hopefully a very short amount of time this morning is that there's only one thing that the believer should glory in and at the same time that there's no danger ever in glorying in the cross of Jesus Christ. Now let me say this. I'm not talking about a hunk of wood. A hunk of wood can become an idol. So we're not talking about a physical hunk of wood that you carry around, you know, it's your good luck charm, and you got one around your neck, and you got one here or there. That can become an idol if you're not careful. We're not talking about a, a piece of wood or a piece of plastic or a piece of metal. We're talking about the death of Jesus Christ for our sins on the cross. We're talking about the event of Jesus Christ being crucified for us. And I say to you on one hand this morning that the cross of Jesus Christ, the death of Christ for our sins, is the event, the thing in which we should glory and that there's no danger in glorying too much in the cross of Christ. We all have things that we take pride in. I hope that every one of us takes pride in the American flag. I hope that you still stand when the flag passes. I hope that you still are silent when the the uh, Star-Spangled Banner plays. And I hope that when it's appropriate that you sing along. And I, I, I hope that you have the courage, even if, it's, even if you're in a place where it's not popular, to, if you feel uh, led to, to put your hand over your heart, to do something to show your respect. And I don't know about you, but I've gotten in a few arguing matches over the years, not openly arguing, but just contentious moments where, where some idiot next to me wouldn't stand or wouldn't take his hat off or uh, was, was joking around with his buddies while the Star Spangled. I was, we were at one uh, game one time, and uh, Mayor Giuliani was at the game. He wasn't anywhere near us. He was in the box by the field. We were in the upper deck. But during the, the, uh, the Star Spangled Banner, the guy to my right starts cursing out Mayor Giuliani. And uh, so I, I put up with it for about 30 seconds, and, and finally I said, if you care about your country, how come you're not looking at the flag and listening to the Star Spangled Banner? Oh, what? he'd already had a few. And oh, what? And at that point, the guy that was with me, who was the guy I had just recently met at a conference, and he got uh, some tickets, and he had two extra, and he asked my wife and I to go. It was a playoff game. It was the only first playoff game I'd ever been to. And uh, so he, he saw it was getting tense, and he leaned over. He goes, I got your back. I'm like, oh, thanks a lot. Appreciate it. <laughs> but, and you've probably had something like that happen to you over the years where some idiot won't take his hat off. He won't stand up. Hey, listen, we're not at that game if it's not for the sacrifice represented in that flag. And I, I glory in that flag. I, I don't know how you want to take the word proud, but I'll use the word I'm proud of the flag and I'm proud to be an American. 
I'm proud, uh, probably 10 years ago, uh, a couple of men in the church got together for my birthday and, and bought me a, the official uh, New York Yankee uh, coat and, uh, you know, the, the Major League Baseball one. And, uh, boy, I've, I've had that thing all these years. And I, uh, I, I, like to, I like to wear the coat all the time. It's more of a winter coat. It doesn't work in the summertime. But I especially like to put it on. Uh, when the Yankees may be going through a tough time. You know, I mean, anybody can wear it when they're winning. But uh, I like to put it on when um, – I, I wore it every day when the Mets were in the World Series, and I think that's what um, helped them to lose maybe. But anyway, uh, you know, I like to go in the deli when, when uh, everybody is uh, waving their Mets flag and uh, say, no, I, I want you to know where I stand here. I want you to know that uh, – and uh, nothing wrong with that. I enjoy that. But let me tell you, even the American flag, folks – is not on a level with the cross of Jesus Christ. And I'm not unpatriotic one bit for saying that, because let me tell you, our founding fathers would have said the very same thing, that nothing is on the level of the cross of Jesus Christ. I will glory, Paul said, in nothing but the cross. What is this talking about here? God forbid that I should glory saving the cross of the Lord Jesus Christ. Let me tell you simply what it means And I hope I can sort of sell you on the idea this morning. When you glory in something, as I use the example of the flag or my baseball team, it's something that's in your heart. You don't have to conjure it up. You don't have to pretend to be excited about it. If you've ever been in a school that had a sports team and you weren't real excited about it, I remember one time we went to a home game of a, of a college. Uh, we weren't really fans. We were just going to the game. And we wanted to cheer for the home team. And you're like, you're pretending to cheer. It's not really in your heart. You know what I mean? And I'm afraid sometimes that's the way we are with the cross of Jesus Christ. Yeah, the, the cross, that's great. I want to encourage you this morning from the word of God to glory in the cross. That when you think of Calvary, you realize That's where your life began. When you think of Calvary, you realize none of this is possible if it weren't for the cross. God forbid that I should glory save in the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ. Paul was saying the cross of Jesus Christ is the one event upon which every other good thing rests. Paul's saying, folks, you want to talk about your good works, you want to talk about your doctrine, you want to talk about this or that, It all rests upon the cross. One of the doctrinal matters that makes a Baptist church unique is that we believe in baptism by immersion. I-M-M-E-R-S-I-O-N. When I was a kid, I thought the pastor was saying baptism by immersion. And I thought, I don't think I want any part of that. But I came to find out that he was saying immersion, being immersed or immersed in the water. And uh, I'm not going to fight that fight right now. I'm not going to have that debate right now. But I will say to you, that is one of the distinctives of a Baptist church. You may be surprised at how many denominations out there believe in sprinkling. And I heard a Catholic priest many years ago say with my, heard him with my own ears say that, uh, that we all know that when the Bible was written, everybody got immersed. But over the years, for convenience sake, 
uh, began with, with uh, the people that were handicapped that couldn't go into the water. And then it went to uh, when, when they started to believe that baptism has saving power, which it does not. But they be, people began to teach that it has saving power. And then once they said over the years, well, if baptism has saving power, then uh, we should baptize babies as soon as they're born if it has saving power. Well, it doesn't have saving power, and uh, therefore there's no reason to baptize a newborn baby. There's no reason to baptize anybody except a person who has received Christ and is choosing to be baptized. So for all that, sprinkling has no place. Now, I'm not here to fight to, to have that debate this morning. Here's what I am saying. As strongly as I stand for baptism by immersion, I'm not going to glory in that. I'm going to glory in the cross because without the cross, baptism by immersion or sprinkling or anything else means nothing. I'm saying the cross of Jesus Christ is the one event upon which every other good thing rests. Now, don't you dare uh, let it be said, oh, pastor doesn't think baptism is a big deal. I didn't say that. I'm saying there are people in this world who let themselves glory in this doctrine or this teaching or this is what I'm about. This is what we're about. You want to know what Joe Vasek is about? The cross of Jesus Christ. That's what I'm about. Without the cross of Jesus Christ, holiness is not anything. Now, I believe in holiness. I preach holiness. I, I strive to practice holiness. But without the cross of Jesus Christ, holiness is a moot point. I believe in soul winning. I believe in actively going out and looking for people who will give an ear to the gospel of Jesus Christ and if they will listen, give them the gospel and persuade them and give them the opportunity to trust Jesus Christ as their Savior. But if I let soul winning be my idea, if I let that be the thing I glory in and not the cross of Jesus Christ, I believe I have gotten slightly off track. Say, well, wait a minute, you can't champion soul winning without championing the cross because that's the message of the gospel. Then why not turn it around the other way and say you can't champion, uh, you, you can't, if you, uh, if you champion the cross, soul winning goes with it. That's what I'm trying to say right there. If you champion the cross, then soul winning is included instead of champion soul winning because that's why it looks. I'm not minimizing any of these things. You know I believe in soul winning. You know I believe in holiness. You know that I believe in the doctrines of the faith, such as baptism. But I'm saying what is central to all of that is the cross of Jesus Christ. Paul said, my emphasis is the cross of Jesus Christ, folks, in in the churches in the region of Galatia. And don't lose sight of that. Don't get distracted by people come in and they beat the drum of you got to get you got to be circumcised if you want to really be saved. Or they beat the drum of whatever drum they're beating. And people have beat all kinds of different drums of doctrine and practice over the years. And you're very safe to not lose sight of this at the cross of Jesus Christ is that in which we should glory. Paul was saying the cross of Jesus Christ is where all men are equal. And that's why you're okay to glory in it. Because at the cross, no one has an advantage over anyone else. If I'm going to glory in my talent this morning, not that I have any, but I'm just saying, if I'm going to glory in some, uh, to suppose I were a great athlete, which I absolutely am not, but suppose I were. 
and I were to say to you, because I can dunk a back basketball, which I can't. I just want to affirm these things so you understand. Um, because I can dunk a basketball, I'm a little bit better than you. Whether or not that is true, it's not true when I say, I glory in the cross. There's, there's not, what, I'm, what I'm saying is, when I glory in the cross, there's nothing in that that makes me better than anyone else. Because at the cross, we're all equal. At the cross, we're all sinners before God. At the cross, we're all invited to be forgiven. Jesus died for all of us. And so at the cross, it's equal ground. And so Paul was totally accurate and justified to say, God forbid that I should glory save in the cross of the Lord Jesus Christ. The one thing that you can't go wrong in championing is the sacrificial death of Jesus Christ on the cross. God forbid that I should glory save in the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ. Paul's saying the cross of Jesus Christ is the only reason that I am anything. He said in Corinthians, I am what I am by the grace of God. And the cross of Jesus Christ is the ultimate expression of the grace of God. Don't ever forget that we are what we are. I am what I am. You are what you are by the grace of God expressed at the cross. The cross makes me. Any good that is in me is because of the cross of Jesus Christ. And God forbid that I should glory save in the cross of Jesus Christ. Paul was saying that the cross of Jesus Christ is what gives my life purpose. I have a reason to live because of the cross. That's not just religious talk. Because the opposite is true. We have no reason to live. And we have no means to live without the cross of Jesus Christ. And the cross gives me my purpose because Jesus paid for my sin. My sin is paid for and forgiven. I stand righteous before God because because of the cross, I am clothed in the righteousness of Jesus Christ. And now that becomes my purpose. And I can move forward. In 1850, at the 30th Street Methodist Church in New York City, a young blind girl named Fanny Crosby, she was 30 years old at the time, and she was struggling for peace in her heart. She'd been saved. She was saved. But she was looking for peace. And she walked the aisle that day and knelt at the altar. And This is the third time that she'd been down the altar about this same thing. I'm looking for peace. She knelt at the altar and they were singing the song written by Isaac Watts, Alas, and did my Savior bleed. And uh, my mind just went blank. Alas, and did my Savior bleed in? Thank you. Thank you, choir. Uh, would he devote his sacred head for such a worm as I? They were singing that song as she knelt at the, at the altar there. And they got to the last verse, and the last verse, she heard this phrase, Hear, Lord, meaning here at the cross. 
Here, Lord, I give myself away. Tis all that I can do. As she's kneeling at the altar, Fanny Crosby, who wound up writing more hymns than anybody else in the book, she's kneeling at the altar, this blind, someday will be the greatest hymn writer the church has ever known. She's kneeling at the altar in New York City, and she hears those words, Here, Lord, here at the cross, I give myself away, tis all that I can do. Here, Lord, at the cross, here I give myself away, tis all that I can do. Here, Lord, I give myself away, tis all that I can do. And she heard those words really for the first time. She realized what they were singing was, here at the cross, I can do nothing less but give my whole self to God. And that's when she realized that she was holding on to God with one hand. And she was holding on to her words, holding on to the world with the other hand. And those words, here, Lord, I give myself away. Tis all that I can do. She decided to let go of her affection for this world and the things of it and give herself to God with everything she had. Here, Lord, I give myself away. Tis all that I can do. The cross of Jesus Christ gives you your purpose once you realize that the only way you have eternal life, the only way you have forgiveness of sins, the only way you can even breathe another breath today is because Jesus paid for your sins. God forbid that I should glory save in the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ. Are you, do you glory in the cross? I mean, do you genuinely glory in the cross? Does the cross motivate you? Does the thought of Christ's death for your sins, does it inspire you? Does it fill you with awe? Does it cause you to be emotional as you realize God loved me so much that he sacrificed his son, Jesus Christ, so that I could live and so that I could be forgiven. God forbid that I should glory save in the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ. Paul said, let other people glory in their religious identity. Let other people glory in whatever doctrine that makes them unique. Let other people glory even in their service. God forbid that I should glory save in the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ. He was saying the cross of Jesus Christ is what puts everything in perspective. You know why we spend so much time in discouragement and depression in life is because we glory in other things that let us down. The thing that that fills you with satisfaction and contentment, whatever it is, is what you glory in. So you probably don't realize that you glory in something until you don't have it. Are you following me? Let's say it again, because I'm not, I'm I'm, I'm sort of getting a, so let me go through that again. The thing that you glory in or the things that you glory in are the things that fill your heart with satisfaction and contentment. And you probably don't realize that you glory in those things until you don't have them. 
And when you wake up without it, let's go with something as simple as sunshine. If you can wake up in a morning that has a beautiful sunrise and it's already 70 degrees or 75 degrees at 6 o'clock in the morning, if you can wake up and not glory in that day, man, something's wrong with you. Oh, man, would we we had that kind of weather all the time. And, boy, that's what it's going to be in heaven, isn't it? It's just it's going to be 75, 80 degrees every day and sunshine and uh, so forth. But you know that you glory in the weather when you have a day like this. Now, I was on my way to church this morning, and right away I'm in the car, and I'm, uh, it's just me and God, and I turned the music off, and I said, all right, Lord. I don't like the rain. Rain is gloomy. And at that point, it was pouring down rain on the way to church. And I got a light blue suit on that had become instantly a dark blue suit. And I'm riding to church. And I'm, I'm however, this is the day the Lord hath made. We will rejoice and be glad in it. So I thought, and I've said it twice already this morning, maybe three times. I said, uh, first of all, I've got some friends in California that would love to be in the pouring rain today. And then I, I, I thought this, boy, for all the rain is coming down right now, I don't have to shovel a single drop of it. Praise the Lord. And so I said, Lord, I, I know that we associate rainy days with gloom. But I said, thank you for, the, I thank you for uh, taking care of us. I thank you for watering everything. And I thank you for doing it in such a way that we're not frozen and stuck at home. Thank you for it. When, you, when I get discouraged, and I don't get discouraged because of the weather, but you know what I mean. You get down on those down. If, hey, if there was a foot of snow and ice out and I was sitting home on a Sunday morning, I would be down. When you get down because of the weather, all of a sudden you realize, wow, I've been, I've been getting up because of the weather. When, when you're sad because of bad circumstances, you realize you've been happy because of good circumstances, and all of a sudden it dawns on me, that's not where I want to live. I don't want circumstances to decide whether I'm happy or sad. I don't want other people's moods to decide whether I'm happy or sad. So I want to glory in the cross because that never changes. The cross of Jesus Christ is what puts everything into perspective. We glory in things that don't matter. I'm all for, you know, clothes and if you got nice new clothes for Christmas that's great I'm happy for you and I congratulate you but don't glory in the in your clothes more than you glory in the cross I'm, I, I, I hate to bring this up because listen when somebody gets a new car I want to be the first to be happy for them I don't I don't I don't I don't uh, participate in in new car envy but be careful for yourself you know, whenever I get anything new, whether it's a new Bible or a new anything, it's like God puts a dent in it right away just to remind me, don't, don't glory in this. If you have a new car, I'm happy for you, but don't glory in it. If whatever, the things that we glory, be very careful that you don't glory in anything the way you glory in the cross of Jesus Christ. See, here's how we do it. Oh, it's raining, and uh, boy, you know, I'm, I'm having a tough time financially, and I'm feeling kind of sick today, but, but at least Jesus still died for my sins. Now, that's not what I'm saying. 
I'm saying every day I get up. I like what Brian said this morning in Sunday school. Uh, we were given words of testimony. Brian said, hey, I woke up another day today. Praise the Lord. Every day that you wake up is another day that you're aware that Jesus Christ died for your sins. And you will never, ever spend one day again once you're in Jesus Christ under God's condemnation. Paul's saying, the cross of Jesus Christ is what gives me joy. I can rejoice today. Not because of my health or lack of it. Not because of the weather or lack of it. Or not because of my friends or lack of them. Not because of a good mood or a bad mood. I can rejoice because Jesus died on the cross and changed everything for me. God forbid that I should glory save in the cross of Jesus Christ. The cross of Jesus Christ is what fills my mouth with praise. I don't have anything to praise the Lord for. You always have this. So I'll cherish the old rugged cross Till my trophies at last I lay down I will cling to the old rugged cross And exchange it someday for a crown That was written by an evangelist from Michigan. When uh, Scott Canals lived here, he used to go home to Michigan a time or two every year, especially when he was single. And uh, one time he came back, he lived near Reed City, Michigan. One time he came back and he had for me a mug from the old Rugged Cross Museum in Reed, Reed City, Michigan. And uh, it's a house there, or a museum, and it's dedicated to George Bernard, the man that wrote the old Rugged Cross. George Bernard was a preacher who who was discouraged at how little respect people paid to the cross of Jesus Christ. And he wanted a, a way to express the importance of the cross. And so he wrote, on a hill far away stood an old rugged cross, one of the most famous hymns ever written. It was... Uh, purchased the copyright of it was purchased by the billy sunday crusade and as billy sunday went around the country and preached to to millions of people he would have that song sung and played and it got into the hearts of people and it's become one of the most well-known hymns in america and george bernard's whole purpose of causing christians to focus on the cross Came, came to pass because of the song he had written. So I'll cherish the old rugged cross. I'll cherish the old rugged cross. Do you cherish the old rugged cross today? Not a piece of wood, not a piece of metal or a piece of plastic. I'm talking about Jesus Christ dying for your sins to give you forgiveness and everlasting life. The cross of Jesus Christ is what gives me victory. Jesus conquered sin and death, and so I can conquer the issues in my life. The cross of Jesus Christ is where I find my identity. Paul's saying, this is what I am. Who are you, Paul? I am the result of the sufferings of Jesus Christ. I'm here today to urge you to glory in the cross. Don't glory in your in your in your in your looks in your personality in your talent in your image 
in anything save the cross of Jesus Christ. The cross of Jesus Christ, last of all, is what gives me eternal life. I'm going to heaven because Jesus died on the cross for my sins. That's what it's all about. I was speaking to a lady the other day, and she was telling me about, she knows I'm a pastor, and I've been trying to figure out, I mean, I've been trying to figure out if she was saved or not. And, um, so she was telling about a, a church that she's been going to and, uh, in New York State. And I said, what's the message there? And she stuttered and stumbled a little bit, said some good things. But I left there and I, I said, I said to Amy, I said, that may or may not be a good church. I don't know. But I said, they're not doing a good job of communicating the message because she didn't say anything about Jesus dying for her sins. And I actually went to the church's website and looked at there and it looked like the message is pretty good. But somehow they're not getting it across clearly enough. If when I say, what's their core message? That was my precise question. What's their core message? And she said nothing about the cross. I hope when somebody asks you, what's the core message of Northeast Baptist Church? I hope one of the first things out of your mouth, if not the first thing out of your mouth, Jesus Christ died for our sins. That's what it's all about. That's the difference between heaven and hell. Jesus died for our sins. If you stand before God and God says, and I don't know that it's going to happen this way, but if it, if it were to happen this way, why should I let you in? And you say, because Jesus Christ died for my sins. God is bound by his own word to let you in. That's not quite the way it happens. The fact is you have eternal life now if you have trusted Jesus Christ and his death on the cross. If you have not, say, oh, pastor, you say this every week. Oh, it, it needs to be said every day of the week. And if you have never put your faith in Jesus Christ as your Savior, I would urge you today, to put your faith in Christ because he died for your sins. If you're here, you say, I'm saved, Pastor. I beg you to glory in the cross. Glory in the cross. Let's, let's pray together. Lord, I pray today that you'd help us to glory in the cross of Jesus Christ. Whatever's on our hearts today, oh, I'm just afraid that I'm not a, as good a Christian as I ought to be. Help us to forget that in glory in the cross of Jesus Christ. Oh, I'm afraid that things are not going to work out like I'd planned in my life. Help us, Lord, to stop fearing in glory in the cross of Jesus Christ. Lord, I pray that you would help us to understand this idea of God forbid that I should glory save in the cross of Jesus Christ. How many Christians and how many churches and how many movements of Christianity over the last 2,000 years have gotten off track because they stopped glorying in the cross of Jesus Christ and they started worrying about other things, mere symbols. I pray that you would help us always to glory in the cross of Jesus Christ because it's at the cross that our sins were paid for. It's at the cross where we were reconciled to you. It's at the cross where you revealed your great love to us. You demonstrated it. You, you showed us your love and where we received it. Oh, God, may we glory in the cross today. May we glory in the cross today. Heads bowed, eyes closed for just a second. We're early. We're doing fine. Let me ask you this question. 
Have you ever come to the cross? I'm talking about in your heart, come to that place where you looked up to the Savior dying for your sins and heard God's invitation. God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. You understand an invitation must be received. If I sent invitations to everybody in this room and said, hey, next uh, next." Next Thursday, I'm having a party, and uh, I want all of you to come. Please let me know if, you are, if you're going to attend. It is, it is very poor etiquette, and it would be a great failure on your part to just show up without responding. And when it comes to eternal life, God doesn't let you just show up without responding. Well, I'll go with my buddy, and I'll get in. No, you won't. Not, not heaven, you won't. You have to respond to his invitation. Have you ever responded to God's invitation? Every one of us has sinned against God. That's why we lie. It's why we hate. It's why we steal. It's why we have things in our heart that shouldn't be there. That's why none of us is perfect. Every one of us is flawed by sin. And that puts us in a state of rebellion against God. And God says that must be taken care of. Jesus Christ died on the cross to take the punishment that you and I deserve. And he says to us, if you will plead guilty to your sin and turn your heart away from your sin and turn to Jesus Christ, not that you stop sinning because you can't do that, but you can turn your heart away from it and say, I want Jesus Christ as my Savior because he died for my sin. If you've never done that before, I urge you to do that today. In the couple of minutes left before we walk out of here, let me lead you through that. I'm not going to embarrass you. I'm simply going to lead you through. I'm going to walk that you through that right there where you're sitting. If you want to take Jesus as your Savior, you never have, would you, would you tell God this? Say, dear God, I know that I've sinned against you, and I'm sorry. I pray that you forgive me. Thank you for sending Jesus to die for my sins. Right now, I receive Jesus as my Savior. Jesus, come into my heart and save my soul. Take me to heaven when I die. Help me to live for you. Now, if you're here today and you never received Jesus Christ before, but just now you prayed, when I prayed, you talked to God and you told him you were trusting Jesus as your Savior. I'd love to know about it. Nobody's looking around but me. <clears throat> Would you do me a favor? Just raise your hand. Say, yes, Pastor, when you prayed just now, I prayed and received Jesus Christ as my Savior. Slip your hand up. Anybody at all? Or I see no hands. I pray that means that everybody here is saved. That's a, that's a wonderful thing if it's true. I pray that if there's anyone here that doesn't know Christ, that they will get that thing fixed as soon as possible, that they will put their faith in Jesus Christ. Now, the majority, if not everyone here, has come to the cross and received Christ's invitation of eternal life. Let me urge you today, wherever you're at in your Christian walk, glory in the cross. Press the reset button for how you glory in the cross of Jesus Christ. And God forbid that we should glory in anything but the cross. My love for my country, my love for my, for my baseball team shouldn't come any way, shouldn't even be in the same category for how I glory in the cross of Jesus Christ. Nothing should compete with that in any way. We're going to stand together. The piano is going to play. Would you, would you take some time with God this morning? Thank you for let's stand together. Thank you, Lord, for sending Jesus Christ to die for my sins and oh, help me to glory in the cross like never before.
I know you've got burdens. I know you've got pain and heartaches. But let me tell you something. You never have a day where you shouldn't glory in the cross of Jesus Christ. Because you never have a day where Jesus didn't die for you. You never have a day where your sins are not forgiven. You never have a day where you don't have everlasting life. Glory in the cross of Jesus Christ. I will glory in the cross. Paul said, God forbid that I should glory save in the cross of the Lord Jesus Christ.